This is the time of the week that we bring in Mr. John Reed, president of uh, the Toronto Police Association. Good morning, John. Good morning, Alex. How are you? A um, couple of things we should dive into. Let's talk a little bit about these uh, 18s who are now charged with second-degree murder of uh, this 59-year-old homeless man, Ken. Cops are now looking possibly for other victims, uh, you know, who were on the TTC that night. One, one of the parts of this story that I, I hear a lot about, and it, it doesn't surprise me because I covered courts for a long time and I was already irritated about it, but, you know, these teens are all going to be protected by youth laws. And I think most people, a lot of people believe, do not reflect the times, but they are what they are and um, they very much will protect all these little darlings. You ever think we'll get a conversation on that to change some of these laws? Um, I don't think we're going to see one in the near future, quite honestly. I think, you know, when you start looking at laws, we're trying to uh, advocate to get changed. I think, as you and I have talked about on your show, uh, there are more pressing um, issues, I think, from the point of view of firearms and general public safety. Um, I think the actual you know, disclosure of names of young persons, you know, depending on the severity of the um, offense, and this obviously is very, very severe with the murder involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, we see that, you know, that they'll get bail, they'll go on, but uh, we're, we're going the opposite direction of, I think, where we need. And I just think at some point, you know, whether it's violent crime, whether it's teen crime, kids crime, youth crime, they're, they're, crime is crime. And, and I think a lot of people are at the point where they say, look, there, there are some laws that should be on the books to protect some things, but not, not necessarily everything. Yeah, and I think when you start looking at, you know, unfortunately, the, the current federal government, uh, I don't think yeah. they have an appetite things such as this but it should be the kind of the broader discussion uh from the point of view of parents and uh and guardians you know people need need to know where their children are and they need to ask you know mm-hmm. where are my children who are they with who are they communicating with online um you know that's that to me is a parent's job quite honestly your job is to make sure you you know where your kids are and try and steer them in, in the right direction you know having these people of this age uh running around downtown in a mob um, you know, we're hearing those allegations they may possibly have assaulted people prior to this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what's lead to the broader discussion is as far as if we'd had additional police officers or additional TTC officers on the subways, maybe this one homicide may have been uh, averted. Yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, I, I, back in the day when you could actually say something like this, uh, there was the uh, WKBW. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? That's how they open their show every single night. And you look back to those days, and I was just a kid. You think, what a funny thing to say. But, yeah, a lot of parents should be asking, do you know where your, your kids are? Um, let's flip on over flip on over to another big story. And, and of course, over the holidays, yet again, another officer killed. Constable uh, Perchala shot and killed December 27th. Someone, of course, on bail again, a warrant out for the arrest again, and a lifetime firearms uh, pro- prohibition. And uh, you and I have had far too many conversations, and you have attended far too many funerals over the last year. Um, but four of the largest police associations, including Toronto, you all say that you're going to put everything on the table to bring changes um, what do those changes look like? Like what is actually being put on the table? So what we're going to be doing, we're actually going to be looking at the, the bail uh, system and process uh, in totality. And what needs to be done is we need to uh, take our time. <clears throat> and this isn't, this isn't going to be a knee-jerk reaction. We need to look at the process from the point of view of when an individual is actually taken into custody, process when they're brought before the courts, as well as legislation, which the courts utilize to decide whether or not someone's going to be released depending on the yeah. type of uh, charge with. But we need to look at that piece. Once they are released, if they are, 
We now also need to look at the process. So they're released on conditions. Who's going to follow up on those conditions to make sure that these individuals are abiding by them? And I'll be honest with you, what I see these days are individuals are released on bail with conditions, and they don't care. They, they put aside the, the court's wishes. And, you know, when somebody signs a bail, they're promising the court they are going to abide by the conditions imposed. So we need to make sure we have a very, very uh, uh, robust system to check on people to make sure they're complying with their bail. And this is where this, this other piece is we started looking at technology. You know, can we start utilizing ankle braces a little more from the point of view of if someone's supposed to reside in the residence and they leave and or they cut it off, there's an immediate notification to the authorities. And we need to then have the manpower to be able to send them out and find this individual. And, and that's where we've actually... I think, fallen down, I think, uh, from the point of view of um, staffing police services appropriately to make sure we have yeah. the men to do this. Yeah, I mean, I've covered thousands of bail hearings. And, and one of the things is they call them sureties, and that's the person who is tasked with the responsibility of making sure the person who is going to be released is following all the rules and, you know, they have to come up with money um, to ensure that they'll do that. One of the things we've got to do, I think, and many will probably disagree with me, is change who that is. Because sometimes when you see the people who are the surety, maybe it's a mom, um, you just know there's no way she, she'll be able to stop her son involved in gang activity. She's not going to be able to do it. So there has to be some structural change, I think, about who the surety is and if they are actually reliable. Because the cops, we don't have the resources for police to go and check every single day to make sure those who are on home arrest or on bail are actually following the rules. It's up to the surety. And sometimes those people are not exactly reliable. Yeah, and you're 100% correct there from the point of view of the sureties themselves. You know, we need to look at the surety examine them, make sure they are actually going to be a reliable surety. Because if someone signs for somebody, but they don't report them when they actually breach their conditions, that's a problem. Another piece also is the fact that a lot of the sureties, uh, when they end up having to put up a bail, they're not actually putting up cash. They're putting yeah. up essentially a promissory note. But that money is rarely ever uh, taken back by the uh, judiciary if someone breaches and fails to notify. You know, I mean, yeah, not to mention... Well, and not to mention, I think justice of the peace actually have to be uh, proper. I mean, you, you, these are appointment jobs. They're not always even lawyers. But we have too many people in the courts that don't necessarily have a specialty in certain areas. And, and, and we've talked and, we, and we've heard conversations about having particular bail courts just for gun crimes. I'm not sure how they – I mean, there's so limited space. I'm sure we could do it. But, you know, there's got to be, I think, a, a specific court to deal just with the gun crimes. Because, okay, so we're not maybe going to go harsher on other things, which I think we should. But on gun crimes, if we really want to make tangible change, there has to be a focus on how to deal with them. I mean, you saw the headline of Elijah Simpson Sweeney. Yet again, Peel goes out and arrests this guy. And then we find out he's like a violent offender with all sorts of, you know, he's the poster child of, of every catch and release that we see. But, you know, if we don't have designated courts and people who truly understand um, you know, the risks and, and, and the benefits and or what's at risk of releasing these people, then, then mistakes are going to continually be made. Yeah, and you're, once again, you're correct there. From the point of view of we have specialty uh, crowns right now that actually deal through the Gun and Gang Task Force. Yeah. These crowns, yeah. we need to uh, take that one step further to your point and have specialized courts. If everybody understands the, the carnage that's caused by these firearms and it's mm -hmm. taken a little more and more onerous conditions are placed on people if they are released, I think it is, is one way to look at it. But I think going back to, once again, an individual, if somebody's released on bail, and I understand and I agree, everyone deserves to have a chance to have bail. But if you've sure. had bail, breached your bail, 
you're proving to the court you don't care what they say. So why are these people allowed out on bail? Again. Maybe the lawyers should be the uh, surety. <laughs> I say that in jest. I'm sure they all, you know, lose their lunch over that. But hey, if you're, if you're so committed to your client, you think that they deserve it, you put up the money. <laughs> I, won't, uh, I won't go further on that because I know it wouldn't happen. But nonetheless. All right. Well, we'll look forward to next week's conversation. When are meetings happening, John, by the way? Uh, so we're in the process now of setting up meetings uh, as far as the associations go now um, to try, try and get this actual process unfolding. The, the whole idea for us, quite honestly, is to make sure we do it carefully and systematically to look at every piece of the, the, the process. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to hearing some of it. Hopefully it turns into something more than talk and actual tangible action. But I appreciate your time, John. Have a terrific week. Thank you very much. You take care. Bye-bye. That's uh, John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association. So we'll uh, continue following that. You know, I'm half joking about that, of putting uh, lawyers on, uh, you know, make them the sureties. But again, you know, they're the guy, defense lawyers and they work hard and there's some really terrific ones out there. But, you know, they, they go to the wall and get their clients out. Not all of them deserve to be out. But, hey, if you're so sure of it, put your name on the document and then, uh, then we can be sure that they'll stay where they're supposed to stay.